Good morning, though. Welcome to Beecher Island. We are an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And if you have questions about what that means, come to the Who Are We right after this, and we're going to talk about uh, who we are as Beecher Island. And so if you are new with us uh, and, and you would like to know more about who we are as a church, I would love for you to come to that. We're going to feed you. We're going to take care of you. Uh, we're going to answer some questions and uh, tell you about who we are and then uh, allow you to ask questions uh, that, that will stump Jeff. So, <laughs> joking. Uh, so come to that if you are new and you would like to know more about who we are. Even if you've been coming for a couple years and you would like to know more about who we are, come. Uh, come and uh, be a part of that. You know, uh, last week we jumped into a series, a, a little short series here that I'm going to do as we, as we are in this Christmas season. And I talked about the choice to rejoice. Uh, and last week we... we we talked about that, that we have the choice to rejoice spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And we have that choice to, to, to make. And last week, we, we talked about the wise men making the choice to rejoice spiritually. As in faith, they made the choice to depart from their home and, and go and follow this star that was in the sky to go and see the King of the Jews. These wise men, being Gentiles, made the choice in faith to follow the Lord's star and go and see the king. And when they saw him, they, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy, is what God's word tells us. As I said last week, there are plenty of reasons to celebrate. Plenty of reasons to celebrate God, but how specifically do you rejoice? When you think about the act of rejoicing, you probably imagine jumping for joy and being super excited. But from a biblical standpoint, what does it mean to rejoice? What does it mean in 1 Thessalonians when Paul says, rejoice always? You see, church, joy is more than just happiness. Jesus wasn't calling people to dance and laugh and carry on in that. He was asking them to choose joy instead of hopelessness. Jesus encouraged his disciples to take heart because he had already overcome the world. And to have joy in that. Rejoicing does not always look like happiness. It doesn't always come with a smile. You can be hurting and still choose to delight in the Lord. You can choose to see the bigger picture and be grateful. Be grateful for, for what God has done and is doing with your life. Put simply, rejoicing is a choice. Rejoicing is a choice. Today, we're going to look at the shepherds that were in the fields. We're going we're gonna to take a look at their account. As they were in the fields doing what they do. In the fields doing what they do, doing what the Lord had blessed them with, a job, a career, a lifestyle. And they still made the choice to rejoice. So if you will, if you have your Bibles, open them up. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 8. So if you will, turn your Bibles there with me. While you're doing that, let's go to him in prayer because we can't pray enough. 
Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for each person here. Lord, I know that we're missing quite a few because this sick, this sickness that's rolling around. Lord, we just pray that it depart from our, our community, <clears throat> our church. And Lord, I just thank you, though, that for each person that's here. I just pray that our hearts and our minds are ready to, to listen to your word, Lord. And I pray that it grows us in our fellowship with you, Father. God, thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for loving us unconditionally. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was within the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Amen, amen. I want you to picture this. These shepherds that were watching over their flocks got to experience something that had to have been pretty amazing. Before we get there, I want you to imagine this, this scenario that's going on. I, I've been told this, and I don't know if it's true, because I didn't get to experience it out there in the field with the shepherds. But, but I've been told that the shepherds would all come together at night. They would bring all their flocks together at night so they could better watch over their, their flocks. And at night, they could take turns on night watch and, and watching their flocks. And so they would all come together, you know, with the surrounding fields. They would, they would come together and, and stay overnight, all as a, as a group. And then in the morning, they would call their sheep, and their sheep would follow them out. And if it wasn't their sheep, that sheep would stay. Hence the saying that Jesus tells us in John 10, 3-5. He says, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they, knew, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. 
So all the shepherds could come together and, and watch over their flocks and then in the morning go out because their sheep would follow. So I picture, uh, you know, th th there's this big herd of sheep and, and, and the shepherds are maybe around a fire and they're, they're probably talking, you know, about how tough they are and, and, and maybe even sharing about how they had taken on a bear that day and made sure their sheep didn't get hurt. And then all of a sudden, there's an angel. And the glory of the Lord is shining upon them. And the story and the big toughness that, that they were just having went to being afraid. And the word says, greatly afraid. Here these tough shepherds are trembling in fear. In verse 10, then an angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all, to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, cloth lying in a manger. And after the angel gets done telling them, telling them this, God's word says that suddenly, suddenly there with the angel, a multitude. I want you to picture this if you can. A multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. I mean, the glory of the Lord is shining around them and the angels in the air and this multitude of heavenly hosts gathers around them and starts praising God. If you're struggling today, I just want you to picture that in your mind, okay? The glory of the Lord. They're praising Him, saying glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Glory to God in the highest. Church, I want you to say this with me this morning. This is interactive right now, okay? Glory to God in the highest. Say it with me. Glory to God in the highest. Amen, right? Amen. Glory to God in the highest. They, they get to see, these shepherds get to see this amazing praise that's taking place. I just can't fathom it. I mean, it just makes me smile inside when, when I think about this image that was taking place for these shepherds. Verse 15, so it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven. There is a heaven. That the shepherds said to one another, let us now go, not tomorrow, not later on, but let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. They had no delay. They did not delay to go and do the work of the Lord. Wait a minute. They were human. They had their sheep to take care of. 
They, they, they had everything right there in front of them to take care of. They had this responsibility right there in front of them. But it didn't matter. They were focused on going as the Lord had called them. They could have come up with many excuses as to why not. And they could have made the decision to just stay there and take care of their sheep. They could have said, if I lose one sheep, one sheep because I leave them, that's my yearly wage. I can't risk it. I can't go. They could have said, you know, something could come and spread the whole flock and scare everything away. And I, don't, I can't do that. I don't have time for that. I'm not going. They could have said, someone may come and steal my sheep. So someone may come and take from me. I can't risk that. I can't do that. They could have said, you know what? Man, my herd, them OUs, they're pregnant. <laughs> my business is growing. My business is growing and I can't leave my business because they're going to put some babies on the ground and I need to be here to watch my business grow and make sure I take care of it all. I'm not going. I, they could have had many excuses. But they didn't. They didn't come up with excuses. God's word tells us, it says, let us now go. Let us now go. And they came with haste. They had some pep in their step. They, they weren't questioning. They were determined. They, they just went on and traveled to Bethlehem just as the Lord had called them to do. You see, I tell you all this because we can have the glory of the Lord shining all around us and the Lord showing us His will for us. But, but if we can be so focused on things right in front of us. Our careers, our business, our livelihood, our struggles, our commitments. That we don't go with haste right now to do the Lord's work in our life. Because you see, they made the choice to go to Bethlehem just as the Lord told them. And they got to see exactly what the angel told them that they would see. Because they listened. They got, they, they got to go see that. Verse 16 says, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherd. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. I want you to see a couple of things in these last few verses here. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying that was told them. They went out and told everybody. 
They didn't sit around and be like, whoo, look what we get to see. The angel told us, yep, we get to see it. There's the Lord. Let's go home. No, they, they went and told everybody. Church, if you are sitting here or you are online and you know that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior of the world, are you telling people about him? Are you as excited as these shepherds had to have been seeing the baby lying there in the manger? And they couldn't help but tell people. They couldn't help but let people know that the Savior of the world is alive. Man, church, are we telling people? Are we telling people about the Savior of the world? Are we telling people about the saving grace of Jesus Christ? That there's not just a Savior, but there's a Savior who saves you. Because you see, it does not matter what you have going on in your life, good or bad, the struggles. Because you see, if you tell people about the saving grace of Jesus Christ, your trials and your struggles will disappear. Maybe not for long, but listen to me. When you tell people about Jesus and who He is and the love that He has for you and for everybody that will confess His name, your struggles will fall to the ground because your focus will leave from you to Jesus as you tell them about Him. And pretty soon, your struggles and trials you're not thinking about them anymore. They're still there, don't get me wrong. But you're not burdened by them because you're sharing the love of Jesus and your focus goes to Him. You know, church, I sometimes question why I take all this on. Why... Uh, why put this much effort into all that God has given me? And all the things I know that I need to do. Why, why, why put all this, this effort? Why not make life easier and just do the simple? Go and make excuses as to why I should just worry about myself and my family and make life a little easier. And whatever comes, I don't worry about it. Because the truth of the matter is that anytime we involve people, things become more difficult. If you want to find a perfect church, go find an empty building. And then invite people in. It's no longer perfect. It's just the way we're made. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> as soon as you walk in, it's no, and the building's not perfect either. But life would be much simpler if I would just keep to myself and take care of my family and my business, my livelihood, and not follow, not follow the calling that God has so loudly called me to do. If I'm speaking truth to you right now, it's probably been a bit of a concern for me. It's been something that's been on my heart. For whatever reason, my company is growing at a pace that I could just consume myself by. 
And my focus could be easily moved from what God has called me to to, my, to, the, to the focus of my company. And to be honest, sometimes it's easier just to love a material thing than it is to love people. But you see, just as these shepherds heard so loudly that God called them to do. He has called each of you and me to do His amazing work. To go and tell all nations about the gospel of Jesus Christ and His love for them. And for us. To love on people in a way that we can only love on them because we have the love of Jesus in us. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As faithful God's grace in its various forms. And part of that doing is to come together. Part of that doing is to come together with other followers of Jesus Christ and sing praises to Him and dig into His Word and encourage each other and share with each other and lift each other up. To come right here. It's what we once called the feeding station, I think, in a sermon. Because this should be a place that we come and encourage one another. Come and, and sing praises to His name. And to dig into His Word and, and know that God is good. Always God is good. <laughs> because you see, I want you to see what we are told of the shepherds as they went back to their everyday lives. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. These shepherds made the choice to rejoice. They physically made the choice to, to set aside what they were doing, no, no matter what was going on, no matter how important it was, and they went to do the Lord's work. And in turn, they couldn't help but praise and rejoice for what Jesus had shown them. I pray that when you come here to this building, I pray that when you come here to this building and gather up with people who, who love the Lord, who, who love the Lord, and, and that when you leave here, you will be glorifying and praising God for all the things that you have heard and seen because it was of God. But listen, church, today if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling overwhelmed by the things in your life, by, by the physical load that is on your shoulders, but because of the demands that are in your life, Turn your eyes to Him. Turn your eyes and know that it's through His power 
that it's through His strength that you can handle what is on your plate. And in the process, you can make the choice to rejoice. Which means to choose joy instead of hopelessness. It means to choose Him over the world. It means to choose to know that you have a Savior that's been born. But to also know that that Savior did not stay a baby. That Savior became a man and walked this earth. That Savior lived a perfect life on this earth. Showed us how to live. Showed us how to love. Showed us how to have compassion. Showed us how. He is our strength. And then went to a cross for us. Taking all, all of our sin upon that cross and dying. And three days later, He rose from the grave, proving that He is the Christ, the Son of God. So that you know that you can be forgiven. You know that He did it for you. And He walked this earth, a risen Savior, and then ascended to the Father to go and prepare a place for you. So what I want you to know is that no matter what struggles are in your life right now, no matter what's going on with the holiday season, with the Christmas season, and, and all the maybe the struggles or the joys with it, that you can put your eyes on Christ and know that He's got you. And we can choose to rejoice. We can stand and say, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Because we know we have a Savior that will pull us through all these earthly things. And no matter what gets thrown at us in our lives, in our careers, in our livelihood, in our struggles of family, we can choose to love and rejoice because our eyes are on Him, not on this. And it is a choice. It's a choice to rejoice in Him. And I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up. I pray that you understand that it is a choice. And when, when, when the day is not going well and life is beating on you and, and maybe you've made some bad choices and maybe things haven't went right for the day, you can stop and praise Him. Stop and pray to Him. Stop and change the direction in which you're going because He is there to help you change it. And no matter what happened, He forgave you. You're forgiven. He's not holding it over you. You're forgiven. And so truly, you can rejoice because you, because you have a hope. You have a hope because of Him. 
And it's not a worldly hope, it's a heavenly hope because it's His promise. It's His promise. And so I want you to stand in that and I pray today, I pray today that you will leave here glorifying and praising God for all the things that you have heard and seen. Because God is with us. He is with us every step of the way and He is abiding in you. And it's amazing. So today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, let me encourage you to choose Him. Let me encourage you to to open up your heart and confess Him as Christ. In Romans, it tells us, for if you speak with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me just tell you that if you don't know Jesus, today's the day to know Him. Today's the day to confess Him. But if you do know Him and you're struggling, make the choice to turn to Him. And lay it down at His feet. And let Him carry that burden. Let Him carry it. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, I thank You. I thank You that we can have You to turn to. I thank You that that You, You are our strength. You are our everything. And we can so easily get focused on the things of this world and the things that are right in front of us, the things of our life, the things of our family, the things that just uh, can become overwhelming. But they don't have to be. They don't have to be because You, God, we can know that when we put our eyes upon You, we can, we can do our everyday things, but we can do it different than the world does it. We can do it with your strength, your power, your love, your understanding, your wisdom, your courage. God, I thank you for that. And I just pray right now that that anybody here, and I know that there is, that are struggling, Lord, that they just turn to you and grasp on to you and, and what you have for them. And Lord, I just pray that, that we picture the angel there with the heavenly host just praising you. And I pray that we praise like that. That we praise like that. God, thank you for those images. And I pray right now that as we as we go through this life with all of, of the distractions, with all of the things the devil tries to, to grab a hold of us with, that we truly praise you and say glory to God in the highest. And it's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen.